0: Welcome to Comeback City, where we explore Detroit's past, present, and future. Today, we are talking about historic Elmwood Cemetery, a beautiful, transcendent site that holds an outstanding amount of history. This episode is brought to you by Spectacular Strolls. Spectacular Strolls offers 15 historic walks in Detroit. Each walk is a self-guided 20-minute tour. Visit com to order your next Detroit history adventure. I'm Linda Shepard, and with me today is my co-host, Ed Brohard. Hey, Ed. Hi, Linda. Uh, Yeah. Ed and I recently uh, took a visit to Elmwood Cemetery, which I had never been to. Uh, Ed had been to it in the past, and we had the most beautiful day.
1: It really was. And, you know, it was a it was a day that we didn't know what the weather was going to be. Uh bad weather was forecasted. Uh it started out we had a few sprinkles, but then it let up and it was actually a perfectly wonderful day to walk around a place like Elmwood. It was magical. Yeah. Yeah. It
0: really was. It was, you know, kind of a little bit damp, but not cold. But And just, you know, everything was so green and so lush. And that is a huge, big part of this cemetery is its beauty.
1: It is. Um, and that isn't just by chance. One of the really interesting things about Elmwood is that it's probably the only place in the entire city of Detroit where you can see what Detroit looked like hundreds of years ago, the topography is exactly the same. Before, uh, you know, a major city leveled and flattened everything out and subdivided it. It's um, It truly is a naturally beautiful place.
0: I mean, the minute you go through the gates and you go past this beautiful, beautiful building that you know, where the office is, uh, you were just struck by the kind of hills and the river that runs through it? Right. What's There's the a, name of that river?
1: Well, it started out being called Parents Creek uh, way back when, you know, the the uh, French city of Detroit was first started. And uh, it was named for a uh, gunsmith that was in the St. Anne Parish, the first church in Detroit. Uh, but then later on, they the name wound up changing in a very interesting way um, because of at the end of the war of the 1812, uh, or excuse me, at the end of the French and Indian War uh, in 1763, there was a major battle there. And this was part of Pontiac's uprising. The famous... Um, Chief Pontiac. Chief Pontiac. That lived out on Apple Island and Orchard Lake, and and that uh, the
0: city Pontiac is named is for. named
1: for, and um, was the first one that actually brought together a coalition of Indian tribes and nations to um, fight against the British. They had sort of aligned themselves with the French. The French had had uh, lost the French and Indian War uh but they weren't going to give up and they were afraid of of you know bad treatment from the british they were so they were making a last stand but there was a major battle there and it didn't go well for the british <laughs> and uh so because of that there was a great loss of life on the british side around this parent's creek and supposedly the blood ran or the creek ran wet red with blood british blood and after that, it was called Bloody Run. Bloody Run. So, this is Bloody Run that goes through the center of the cemetery. Very apt for a cemetery, right? It is. <laughs> there you
0: go. But very, very pretty. Very and a pretty. Big pond with kind of a fountain in the center of mm-hmm. it. Um, And the other thing that strikes me about the beauty of the place, first of all, the trees are magnificent, and there are several tree tours that you can take of the cemetery. But the crypts are huge and beautiful, and the obelisks.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the really cool things about Elmwood is that um, it, it was the major cemetery for Many important – for everybody of of importance, but also just, you know, average people too. Uh, You didn't have to be rich and famous to be there, but it's the place that Detroiters wanted to be buried. Unless they were perhaps Catholic and then they might want to be at the adjacent Mount Elliott Cemetery.
0: And it's still in use. In fact, when we were there, there was a, a there was a, a large, cemetery going on. I mean, yeah, a, a large funeral a large going, on.
1: going on. And in fact, it uh, the service was held at the Gothic Revival chapel,
0: which is very beautiful. Which also. is still there, yeah. And it's so pretty and well preserved, and everything is so pristine. Uh, it's it, it is a lovely place. We've talked about. What a great place to maybe take a little lunch and sit or… Meditate. …sketch one of the beautiful, beautiful tombs, the crypts.
1: Well, all of these are different. There's no cookie-cutter sense to it. No. You go into some cemeteries and you see row after row of exactly the same looking things. Right. Here, everything is a treat and a history lesson. Because people personalized all of their monuments. Some really are small. Good. Some are grandiose. There's, you know, ones from various eras. Some are very plain. Some are ornate. There's, you know, towering obelisks. There's, um, there's freestanding crypts. Then, as you said, there's those wonderful crypts that are be- uh, built into the side of yeah. hillsides. You know, that just kind of, as you're strolling around, suddenly it just kind of peeps out between a couple trees or something.
0: It's, some, it's a place to see something that is rarely seen. You know, I mean, this type of cemetery doesn't exist outside of kind of an older city. Right. And, and
1: particularly in a, a, an urban setting, yeah. surrounded by buildings, Absolutely. apartments, right houses, right in the middle of the city. Right in it, the middle.
0: Where? Sh- let's talk about where it is exactly. It's mm. on uh, Mount Elliott.
1: No, it's uh, well. It's, it borders
0: Mount Elliott.
1: Yeah, it, it borders. But our
0: entrance was on what?
1: Our street? entrance. It it was Elmwood, uh, twelve hundred Elmwood Street. Okay, which is a north south road uh, street that runs all the way down to the river. But they've – I don't know when this happened, but what we turned on, they had changed the name to uh, Robert Brady Drive. Oh. I'm not sure who Robert Brady is. I suspect that he might be the Robert Brady who was the blind singer at – Uh, That used to perform at Eastern Market. I think he was a local character. And he was kind of discovered by suburban Detroit musicians. And they actually had an alternative band that was quite popular. Oh, that's so funny. I don't know if it's the same Robert (laughs) Brady, but I suspect that maybe he was. He was an old blues man from Alabama, but he had lived for years. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, it's the kind of thing they might do. So but its its official address is still 1200 Elmwood.
0: And I would say yeah, it's um it's not on Jefferson, it's a few blocks north of Jefferson. Yeah, if you
1: go um two blocks north of Jefferson is Lafayette Street and it's on East Lafayette that goes parallel with Jefferson. And if you go out East Lafayette, you get to this Robert Brady Drive, formerly Elmwood. And you can see the cemetery on kind of the northeast corner. So you turn there, left there, and then immediately you'll go into the entrance on the right, and you see this exquisite um, little building.
0: It is beautiful. Gothic
1: Revival.
0: And the gates, and you know, just so. It was
1: originally a gatehouse, literally that you drove through. Okay, so it didn't really have much of an inside. You know, it was Mm -hmm. like a checkpoint. The only problem was that as cars or maintenance vehicles got bigger, they couldn't fit through it. So a few years ago, they wanted to preserve this this, just little gem of a building. And so rather than go through it, they had traffic go around it, they filled it in as part of the building and turned it into their visitor center, which was a brilliant idea. It's wonderful. Yeah.
0: It's very So you just drive inside. around to
1: the back, and um, you don't, it's not like some big revolving door. You actually like ring a little bell
0: <laughs> in, yeah.
1: in this big, huge door, and they come and answer it, you know, sort of like yeah. you're knocking on the door at so the City of security, Oz. So it's security. Yeah. And uh, a yeah. uh, uh, man comes out, and you, you know, you say, Well, we, we'd like to. Uh, tour of the cemetery and he says oh come in and there's all sorts of wonderful brochures they've done the the historical elmwood cemetery society has just done a great job in promoting this and making stuff available for people that are interested in finding out about elmwood and
0: the building has restrooms too which is nice. it does have restrooms
1: (laughs) and then they've got Um, all kinds of things that you can avail yourself in. If you go early in the morning, they will actually have in-person tours. Right. And, you know, I'm not a particular morning person. Linda is, but we thought, well... Even
0: 8 o'clock, you know, to drive down there, you know, 8 a.m. is a little early for me even. Um, But the self-guided tours were so great. Um, Our little... Guide man who was so helpful and so anxious to help us explained that we had our choice of four different tours. Mm-hmm. Actually, more than that, because I think you know you've got the tree tour, but there are like three different tree tours because there's such a huge variety of beautiful well, well, trio, uh, trees. Well,
1: a few years ago, or a number of years ago, Elmwood was designated the first uh, recognized official arboretum. In the city of Detroit, possibly the whole southeast Michigan area, uh, because it it had such an amazing array of uh, original, you know, uh, virgin timber. Yeah. Every different kind of tree you can imagine. And um, so there's a lot of standards that you have to meet to be a registered arboretum. And they do. So there are people that just deal with that aspect of. Of Elmwood. Right. And there's different tours you can go through to find, you know, perfect examples of all kinds of American and exotic trees.
0: I'd actually like to do the tree tour. Yeah,
1: that would be very nice.
0: But um, we decided to take one of the tours that involved um, the different grave sites. And you basically have your choice between uh, Leadership Legacies, that tour, Business Visionaries or African-American heritage tours. Um, We chose uh, Leadership Legacies, I think, we went Um, on.
1: I think we did the business. Oh, we did the business. Yeah, because we were thinking, well, Detroit, you know, its heyday was so much about the rise of industrialism and business. We thought that at... You know, and those people, right? And, and there was so much crossover. I'm sure there's a ton of crossover yeah. between those and people that went into the the government, etc.
0: So, so uh, they actually have a map for each of the tours mm-hmm. that they give you. Uh, they're free to anyone who comes. Uh, we picked our tour, and then our little guide said. Go on your smartphone to HistoricElmwoodCemeteries.com and go to the tours and pick the tour that you want and uh, boom up popped an audio tour accompaniment to the map
1: which was so wonderful and they all start at the same place you can just leave right your at car the beginning there yeah. the, you know by the uh, right at the office at there. the office. And you don't have to walk. Tons, you don't have to do you the know. whole thing. If you no, you can do any part of it, but um, it's laid out very
0: well. Oh, it was wonderful. So we, you know, we looked for our first, you know, spot on our tour. We walked over there. I had downloaded um, the tour on my iPhone, and I'm sure Android works too. And mm-hmm. then we got to our first gorgeous, huge, enormous crypt. And I clicked on the link, and we found, a, it was like a two-minute audio, a little description of who this person was, how he was important to the city of Detroit. Any little details about the monument
1: itself, right. things to look for. Yeah. Yeah, very it, That was
0: great. And, you know, it turned it into a little bit of a treasure hunt. It was. Because we were looking for number two on our uh you know, business visionaries yeah, tour. And,
1: and because they don't have any signage. There's no signage. I mean, you know, so so they don't want to make it anything that's unnatural to the no. actual cemetery. Right. So it wasn't like, you know, oh, first stop here. Right.
0: But and it wasn't uh, hard to find. No,
1: no. So we knew we were looking for the Alger Crypt. Right. You know, and... Uh, you have and he, to, usually
0: it was large right, crypts or right. obelisks or some and sort of monument. And you the
1: map which side it was on. Right. And it's going to be somewhere around here. The map was well here. laid
0: out. And so you have a eureka moment when you find it. Hey! Oh, over here, over here, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually, it was a, a total treasure hunt. It was really, really fun. Yeah. Um, we did quite a bit of the tour. We got a little bit tired around halfway, and then we decided to kind of... Pick and choose our way through the list of grave sites, and right. we did that. And then we finished up with kind of a drive around the cemetery, which was very lovely. Too. It was lovely. It's um, like cemeteries, it
1: was winding, but unlike a lot of Michigan cemeteries where it's flat as a board, this is up and down hills, oh, yeah. over hill and dale, over little bridges. Um, you know, it's uh it's a really varied
0: terrain. Well, you know, and it's a beautiful design too. I mean we should talk about that. The man who designed at this cemetery is Frederick. Frederick Law Olmsted. Olmsted, who designed Central Park. Central Park in New York City and Belle Isle. Yeah. This is the same man who has done all these other beautiful Outdoor yeah, who locations. Did the, uh,
1: who did the Chicago Exposition in the 1890s? And you can White tell. City.
0: I mean, it has yeah. that kind of really tranquil beauty.
1: He wanted to set a mood, definitely. Yes, absolutely. And he, and he wanted to preserve and in, and and uh, bring out the natural beauty of the landscape itself.
0: Yes, and so it, that he, he nothing want,
1: would clash.
0: Right. And he wanted to make it um, accessible to everyone.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: All those sites. You know, I think that was a big deal in New York. I mean, I think originally the plan was a park for rich people. (laughs) But (laughs) (laughs) he, no, he wanted a place of beauty that was accessible to everyone. And uh, he definitely accomplished that in Elmwood Cemetery. Um, I was just knocked out by it. I really was. It was someplace in the city of Detroit that I really had never been to and knew very little about. Um, you had been there before.
1: I had back in the uh, early 90s, I uh, Macomb County, actually. Um, the intermediate school district. I was teaching then, and I was a social studies teacher, head of the department, and uh, they had a three-day uh, event in the summer uh, for social studies teachers, and um, they we went on field trips. And we learned how you could use actual community resources and uh, actually visiting local sites to learn about history and sociology and all kinds of things. And um, so one of our trips was down to Elmwood Cemetery. And for most of the people, many of whom were suburbanites, uh, they had never even known it existed or certainly hadn't been in it. And it was just an eye-opener. It was beautiful then. But, uh, you know, that was a number of years ago, and it's been maintained perfectly since then.
0: Was it in uh, the same shape then that it is now? Because I thought it was meticulously maintained. No. It
1: was, it, you know, I, my sense then was that it was now then, carefully capped. Yeah, um, they only they only took us to you know a few key sites because we also did some other things downtown. So it wasn't quite as self exploratory as you and I had. But then my wife and I went back there because I had been so taken by it. And we actually found some uh, some gravestones that may or may not have been uh, part of our family heritage. Uh, there were some similar names. In any event, we did some uh, grave – or we did some, um, some rubbings on the uh, tombstones. Which is a great uh, idea to which do. Was, which was a
0: lot Especially of fun. Especially if you want to bring maybe kids. yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, there's so much great art down there, too, because oh, it's um, a lot of these people, regardless of uh, their wealth or their status, they wanted to leave a, some kind of a monument that, um, that was fitting for them. And so you had and, – and, and also recognized you know what was popular at the time. So like, for instance, for the Henry Joy um, uh, family, there were a lot of Joys – This is the Joy who uh, founded the Packer Motor uh, Car Company and uh, was involved in aircraft and all kinds of things. But his whole family were involved with business, with government. Uh, They were a major family and a very prolific one, (laughs) you can tell. Mm -hmm. And his uh, monument, family monument, is this wonderful little little freestanding temple it's very open in England they call it a folly and um, then around it are all the different low uh, tombstones of the different family members um, so it's, it's almost like this kind of little Greek temple <laughs> uh, standing there um, others are more Victorian um, some of them have the typical kind of veil that's uh, you know, in concrete that's over it Um, Some of them are in unusual shapes. Um, One of the famous ones is uh, a sculpture by Marshall Frederick, one of our favorite sculptors. And he did a uh, flying geese sculpture for uh, the last head of the Packard Motor Car Company, uh, Mr. McCauley. Who was also an environmentalist? So he wanted to tie in the idea of birds and environmentalism, and also the idea of um, kind of ascending, you know, uh, escaping this this you know the 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 planet and, and asc- ascending up. So he had a sculpture of two um, two birds, two geese taking flight. Very interesting.
0: Oh, very interesting. Um, and I know, you know, birds are still a big thing, uh, you know, with all those gorgeous trees. And the Audubon Society also has tours of the cemetery. Let's talk about some of the people that are actually uh, buried there. Yeah. You know, I right. mean, it's some who- really familiar it's names. It's a who's who. It is yeah. a who's who. Um, you know, we tried to hit, you know, the some of the... Most well-names, you know, including uh, Louis Cass, Michigan's uh, territorial governor. Um, you know, George Baptiste, Dr. Joseph Ferguson, and Dr. William Lambert, who represented the abolitionist movement. Um, Margaret Mather, a great Shakespearean actress. Uh, just names, uh, the Buell name, um, you know, just so many names that the streets of Detroit are named mm-hmm. for, the right. buildings are named for. Right, right. You're just kind of getting a history lesson as you take this little If tour. you were
1: just dropped down there, if you knew anything about Detroit, but you didn't know that where you were being taken, and let's say you had a blindfold on and on, took it off, you'd know that you were in uh, the, the most important Detroit Cemetery, Because all you do, you would see names that constantly are ringing a bell for the names of famous buildings, for corporations, for
0: streets, um, you know. There was a whole joy section, remember? It was like a little cul-de-sac, and we're like, oh, yeah, Joy Road, you know? (laughs) Yes,
1: that was the little great temple. Joy Road, yeah. uh, Yeah, and um, there's 29 Detroit mayors. I think if you were a Detroit mayor, you'd wind up at Elmwood. There were six governors, including the territorial government governor, as you said, Lewis Cass. Um, there were eleven senators. There were countless business people. Um, one of the, you know, one prominent one was Hiram Walker, the whiskey maker. That's right. Uh, you know, we we associate him with Canada because during Prohibition, yeah. he had to set up everything over in right. Canada, and in fact, founded a whole town, Walkerville. <laughs> Uh, which is an interesting place to visit itself. Oh. But he's—he was an American, and he was—he's buried at Elmwood.
0: That's great. Yeah, and we did do a little treasure hunt. We were looking for uh, Coleman Young's grave. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was very important, especially after you know I had been. Uh, we had both been so touched going to the uh Charles Wright Museum.
0: Right, the African American yeah, Museum. Yeah, and
1: there's, you know,
0: he uh, has his own room there. Really. He has his
1: own room there that's that's wonderful. And so I thought I'd really like to see where Coleman Young is buried. And um that was quite a that was quite a treasure hunt.
0: It, yeah, we had a little bit of a yeah, difficulty. Because there's there's that. no old and
1: new down there. No. Um, you know, no. people if if you're if you have a funeral and like we said we saw a large uh, procession yeah uh, that was a big and, crowd yes and it was obviously an African American family and right. friends and many cars um, I'm not sure where their loved one was put to rest but these are all scattered around together so you could be you know sitting right next to Henry Joy or Coleman Young or. Uh, Lewis Cass, um, they're just kind of sprinkled in together. Um, so
0: Coleman Young's um, was hard to find. It was, you know, you get kind of section A, section B, yes. section, you know, goes up to M, and you know,
1: and and, and finally, um, I went out and kind of tromped around and um and you're going so, up and down hills. Yeah, you are. And then down They're in this little, little valley, I saw a it was like a beautiful, a very plain, very stately marble dark marble sarcophagus, really. Yeah. I mean, it was it, it just looked like a huge sarcophagus in polished marble. Very and simple. Very very simple. And I thought, I wonder, and I went down and walked around, and there was a little bit bench there to sit and contemplate, and uh sure enough, it was Coleman Young and his wife, yeah, you know, yeah, and uh it just it it just gave uh there was no big fanfare, it just um mentioned a few of his accomplishments, Tuskegee airman, pioneer of the civil rights movement um longest serving mayor of Detroit. You know, um, representative. So, yeah, it very was very restrained. It was you know, restrained. It compared
0: was, to, say, the Joy family. <laughs> right, right. Who did a lot. I mean, James Joy financed the building of the Sioux Locks in Sioux St. Marie. I mm-hmm. mean, he did a lot, you know, and he right. was president of the Michigan Central Railroad. And, I mean, they were very influential. Um, Yeah, I don't think we talked about when uh, the cemetery was first conceived, um, which was back in 1846. Um, Some of Detroit's leading citizens wanted to put together a cemetery in the suburbs of the city. That was considered the suburbs suburbs at the time. Yeah, Yeah, as we've talked many times,
1: Detroit went through a huge growth spurt. And this was... Before the the spurt, okay. right, and uh, so eighteen forty six was the first burial, and uh, that which was a few weeks after it was uh, it was commissioned, and um, as we mentioned, it started out as just forty two acres, right, and eventually expanded to eighty six acres,
0: and you know <laughs> we said suburbs, but it's. You know, it's a walk from downtown Detroit. I mean, it's yeah. it's not. I would say less than a mile, probably. Yeah, I would say less than a mile. You could just walk down Jefferson, and you're going to be there. Right, right. Or take your bike, or one of those little scooter things. That's <laughs> right. I,
1: I I almost surprised that they didn't have like a, one of the Mogo. Um, Things there, you right, know, or or that we didn't see, like a and left the scooters or a bird. would be
0: a quick way to take that tour. Absolutely, it would be,
1: it would be easy. Yeah. if we
0: were younger, we we'd take the scooter. Yeah. Now,
1: in 1850, um, they did give up. They sold one half acre of land for the first con- what has become the uh, longest continuing Jewish cemetery in Detroit, and they sold a half acre to Temple Bethel uh, for. Um, Uh, Michigan's first Jewish cemetery that still exists.
0: You know, and that's so important that Elmwood is really the oldest non-denominational, continuously operating cemetery in Michigan.
1: Right, right. It, 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 you know, before that, uh, they had. Cemeteries attended to be exclusively for members of certain ch- uh, religions or churches, you know, and affiliated with those. This was completely non-denominational, de- denominational, and and I think this is a very key thing. From the very beginning, it was completely integrated. So there was no question about uh, race or you know religion or national origin. Um, And there was no designation for certain places to be,
0: you know. And it sounds crazy that it wouldn't be nowadays, but back then, you know, this was during slavery. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This is during slavery. Absolutely. So today the cemetery is 86 acres. It's big. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, even just driving through it. We were driving for a while. Right.
1: There's one section, which I don't think we got to see, but I'd like to see it, that's Dedicated specifically to firemen, and it has monuments that um, actually depict fire, old and new, fire equipment. Um, and so they have firemen there, many of whom you know lost their their yeah. lives on the job. There's also a, a, a section and a memorial to um, fallen African American soldiers, which I, I found. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole, you know, one one of the uh, guided tours you can take is the African-American one. And I think that would be interesting. One of the key stops there, of course, is the uh, great radio personality, Martha Jean Steinberg. Martha Jean, the queen. The
0: queen. Yeah. We remember. Who
1: for years was on uh, WJLB. And then um, she got her... her doctorate in religion or start, actually started a church and then um, she changed radio stations or, or founded another radio station uh, WQ, WQBH which people would jokingly say stood for uh, the Queen Broadcasts here <laughs> oh. WQBH so anyway uh, Martha Jean Steinberg's is there and, um, you know, there's other people from the music industry. Uh, one is Fred Sonic Smith, who was one of the founding members of the MC5. Oh, I yeah, remember that name. He, he's buried there. Um, for our Empire fans, there's actually a former Michigan legislator named Lucius Lyon.
0: Oh, that's so who's funny.
1: The main character yeah, on that empire.
0: On the television show. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I didn't realize also, and we didn't get a chance to see this, a special lot is designated for those who fought in the Civil War Mm -hmm. and is one of the first places in the United States given permission to fly the flag continuously as a memorial to those patriots without it being lit at night. Right. There's a lot in there.
1: There really are. I think one of the interesting ones, do you remember when we um – we we were commenting on all the obelisks you see. Yes, and which saw. are those
0: super tall? What are they? They're kind of columns, yes, and they're pointy they're, on the top. They're tapering, um, kind of columns, but they're huge. They're not. Are col- they round? Yeah, they're
1: four sided columns. They're four sided that taper up to a point. Right. And um, I
0: always think of them as Egyptian. Egyptian.
1: Yes. They it, it and it was part of the whole craze for Egyptian revival.
0: King Tut.
1: Yes, that happened in...
0: The 1920s. (laughs) Yeah,
1: actually, first happened in in the 19th century, in the 1800s, that was popular. And then, you know, after the uh, discovery of Tut's tomb, um, there was a huge renewed interest. So you saw obelisks going up everywhere. There's a uh, a famous obelisk called Cleopatra's Needle. There's one on the Thames in London, and there's one in Central Park. Right. Yeah. So there's they're all over. Um, and they're very L1. beautiful. They are. They're, they're very graceful and elegant. But there's one that's really remarkable, and that is the one that is um, that is for Jacob M. Howard. We have a street in Detroit, Howard Street, named for him. And when you look at this obelisk, you say, what happened here? It's broken off halfway. Do you remember seeing that? Yeah. Where it didn't go up we thought, oh, right. damage. Well, it turns out that was by design. Oh. Jacob, um, he was one of the founders of the Republican Party. And he was a, rep- uh, uh, a senator who worked with, or at the time, Uh, in Lincoln's administration and was one of the writers of the 13th and 14th Amendment, Ending Slavery. He was a a staunch abolitionist and he said that he wanted um, a great obelisk in his memory but only if um, America had become a place where everyone, regardless of race, had complete freedom.
0: And, and was he was a Republican. Said, and he was
1: a Republican. <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, that was the abolitionist party then. And uh, he so died funny. in 1871, so this was after the Civil War, but clearly he did not feel that America had yet met that goal. And so, by his design and his will, they built the obelisk and they broke off the top of it, the top half and that's how you see it today
0: oh my gosh, that's so, the
1: story I suppose, you know if we ever actually reached the point where that is truly something that you can say about our country <sighs> that would be maybe, wonderful maybe they will finish the obelisk it's so crazy, <laughs> yeah. it
0: really is
1: so, but it's something you notice right away and uh, it was by design
0: now, when we were there, that funeral that was going on, um, th- those people went into the chapel, didn't they? Yes, they had the service. And that's inside. so beautiful. There. It is.
1: And that chapel, um, had, there was a major renovation in 1961. And then um, a few years later, there was a horrible fire, and it burnt to the ground. And there was such an outpouring of sadness in Detroit. That of course they didn't have GoFundMe then, but apparently they took up collections and things, and they completely restored it from the ground up, exactly the way it had been. So it's still you know a a functioning chapel, Um, and and
0: and that was was there at the very beginning too. In fact, you know according to my information, it was built in 1856, which was before the cemetery opened. So uh, quarried limestone. Um, you know, built in a very old world style, very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, Gothic Revival, really beautiful.
0: Yeah, very nice. Um, yeah, it was it was such a magical day to walk around that that cemetery. I really enjoyed it. Uh, anything else you want to say about it, Ed?
1: Well, here's a uh, a little. Uh, Kind of historical tidbit. We talked about Bloody Run, parents' yeah. Greek that the name was changed to Bloody Run based on the uh, the Battle of uh, Pontiac's Uprising. And um, one of the things that you know you you constantly find little crossovers when you start exploring things uh, around the city of Detroit. And um, one of the things that I noted was that the commander who led this um, disastrous raid on Pontiac. Um, it was supposed to be a surprise attack to rout Pontiac a sneak in his troop. A sneak attack where they came from Fort Detroit, which was right downtown. But uh, the French, who of course were the British en- enemies, um, had gotten wind of it and told Pontiac ahead of time. So he was ready ah. for them. So... The leader and his men walked right into this kind of ambush and were completely wiped out. And um, his name was uh, James Dalzell, sometimes spelled Dal-yell, okay, with a Y instead of a Z. That is the street that uh, runs around the um, Michigan Central Station.
0: that's oh. now being
1: restored. That's Dalzell Street. Uh, Our this,
0: magnificent train station yes, in Corktown that is right. undergoing restoration at this moment, which
1: we've talked about, and which I'm sure we'll revisit. I am sure that, we will as that comes along. But so, same name, and that's what was named for. Uh, oh, you know, it's nobody else. Interesting. It, it was the ill-fated young commander of the uh, the troops that the British troops that fell at Bloody Run. Um, now, another interesting thing. We were looking at the stream, which actually does have water flowing through it. Oh, yeah. And occasionally it's dammed up, and it becomes a little lake, and then it overflows, and there's a little waterfall. But then suddenly it just kind of disappears into the side of a hill.
0: Right.
1: And we said, wonder where it goes. Well, I found out where it goes. Parents Creek, or Bloody Run, goes underground all the way to the Detroit River. And a few blocks south of the cemetery... um, it crosses Jefferson. You still don't see it. But on the site where it goes is right in front of a really terrific building, which was designed by, uh, by the architect William Capp, uh, who also did Middlebrook Hall and, uh, and the Music Hall Theater. And it's called um, the Players Club. Or the oh, players there. Oh, right.
0: I love that building. Yeah.
1: It's a wonderful building that was built and you can see the, the river there. Well, you don't you don't see the river. It go it's underground. Oh, it's underground. But the way you know that it it's is. there is that's where they put up the historical marker oh. for the Battle of Bloody Run. Oh, is that funny? So, it's not right in the in the cemetery because the battle happened all along yeah. that and of course the cemetery, you know, that that area was bigger than just the cemetery, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's where the mar- marker was put up on Jefferson. And of course, that's a, a really it's in front of the building. It's in front of the building, and you think, what, what is there? Bloody run. What is that? But yeah, and it goes that's and, it, and, is and is. it talks about uh, James uh, Dalzell. Uh, only they spell it Dahliel at that point because he had alternate spellings. And about, you know, the whole story of that. But I'll it's in front of this, of this just really terrific-looking arts and crafts building, all direct, uh, decorated by our favorite sculptor of the time, Corrado Parducci. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was a, a, a gentleman's theatrical club where they actually put on plays with, all, with men playing all the roles— a male or female, that they called frolics. And, uh you know, it was like a, a major institutional thing. And they're still doing it.
0: You know what? I think I they have heard still, that they're still you doing know, it. I was sent an invitation. <laughs> so Do
1: I want to really? join the Players
0: Club? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is so funny.
1: Yeah. So anyway, that was just uh a, a interesting little aside.
0: You know, one other thing. Didn't you run across a grave site that you believe is a relative of yours also, Well, there
1: are part of your family? My middle name is Standish, and I'm a direct descendant of old Miles Standish of the Mayflower. And um, so, you know, it's now a family that's spread out kind of all over. But when you see the name Standish, probably somewhere there's a connection. So my wife, gen- Yvonne, is a genealogist, and she tried to see whether... The two Standishes, the most prominent one was, I think, um, da- uh, David Standish Jr., maybe. One of the, I don't We've know. We've got John
0: Dana. Oh, Standish. okay,
1: John Dana, and there's another Standish there, too. Anyway, um, we couldn't make a direct connection. I know that somewhere back, you know, yeah. there were a couple cousins or something, and one of them wound up in Detroit. But, uh, yeah, Standish was a uh, a manufacturer, I believe, uh, in Detroit. Yeah. And the Standish house, by the way, is an architectural gem uh, that's down in Indian Village at um, Iroquois and Gothi. It's really this beautiful little It would be great if
0: those were your direct relatives. Yeah, that would be great. Well, I plan on, you know, revisiting Elmwood Cemetery in the future, in fact, I'd like to take my grandkids there, and, you know, I think they'll love the whole treasure hunt aspect of Mm -hmm. it. Um, And, you know, like I said, it would be a great place to sketch, maybe have a little lunch, take a walk. Uh, It's just beautiful. Well, I think
1: one of the things that's really nice, rewarding, and gives me great hope is that you have very dedicated people in these various foundations, not just at Elmwood, but we've seen it at the – Edsel and Eleanor Ford House. Oh yeah.
0: The Riverwalk. The, you know, the
1: Riverwalk. The Belle Isle. The Guardian Building. You know, pure Detroit. Who just make it their, you know, their A huge their priority goal and priority yeah. to make sure these things are um, maintained and make sure that people know about them and that they're accessible to the public and safe and safe. And that's a wonderful thing.
0: It really because, is. Because,
1: you know, you can pump in all the money in the world uh, into rebuilding a city. But unless you can get people to come in and really connect with that, yeah, um, it really doesn't have a lot of meaning. And uh, that's one of the things that gives me great hope for the comeback of Detroit. Come because back there's city? a lot of you know, really dedicated people that are making sure that this happens.
0: And this is all free. It is free. Yeah, and these no great addition. tours, um, you know, I would encourage uh, people to go to the Elmwood Cemetery, uh, Elmwood Cemetery website and get information about um, the hours, which are basically, I think it's open from 7 to 7. Dusk. Yeah. 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 And uh, you Go to the little office there and get your free little map and take your tour.
1: Yeah, it's one of the best things that really Detroit has to offer. I would
0: say so. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. okay, so we're gonna we're gonna leave Elmwood Cemetery, uh, and we are going to uh, talk about our recent adventures, maybe a little new section for comeback City here. Ed and I are constantly searching for what is new and old and interesting in the city of Detroit and we are downtown quite a bit um, and every single visit seems to be an adventure so we're gonna we're gonna include that in our comeback city podcast. Um, you want to start it? I know you recently went <clears throat> down uh, to go see a performance. Yeah, well, I had a, uh, two
1: weeks ago, I had a, a really fun weekend. Um, and it was my birthday weekend. And so on Friday night, um, I was very fortunate to get uh, press pass tickets to go see Jersey Boys which is, uh, you know, a long-running Broadway musical about the Four Seasons. And um, they were like great tickets, great seats. And so I invited my daughter-in-law, who was visiting from Kalamazoo, and we both went down there. And it was at the historic music hall. I mentioned that a little earlier, built by Matilda Dodge Wilson of Meadowbrook Hall fame and the the former uh, widow of... Uh, Horace Dodge.
0: And we should give a shout out. Oh, to John
1: Dodge. I'm sorry. One of the Dodge brothers. One of the
0: Dodge. We should give a shout out to Broadway in Detroit. Yes. Which is a wonderful organization that promotes so many fabulous, uh, very high quality Broadway They're the ones events. that have brought
1: like the, all the recent major productions to yeah, the Fisher, to the Music Hall, to the Opera House. You know, really, really great. And uh, I was very appreciative to be able to get um, tickets to that. So, besides being a great show, it was really fun to uh, reconnect with that beautiful theater, which has been, lo- you know, lovingly restored. It's not quite as opulent looking um, as the Fox, or we've got some uh, really opulent but it, but it's, building. But it's still very, very nice and a uh, very, very nice um, renovation. Um, I had kind of a very odd and interesting thing that happened down there. Um, I was wearing some shoes that I hadn't <laughs> worn for a long time. You told and, me this story. It's yeah, pretty one, funny. My, one of my shoes fell off on the stairway, and but I was able to recover it. But we walked, uh, after the show, we walked back to where we had parked, which is in the high rise parking garage called the Z.
0: I love that parking garage too. It's tremendous. It's it's filled with uh, every level Oh, it's beautiful. It's new and it's every Every mural inside is It's beautiful. one of Dan Gilbert's uh, bedrock it's a things, great... and
1: it, it really is terrific. And we were parked right near the elevator, which was fine. So we get up and get up to my car, and we got in, uh, got in the car, and I decided I'd just drive around to show my daughter-in-law, campus Martius and all the lights and things going on. I mean, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night, and it's like Times Square. Lots of people down there, Which lots of lights, amazing, all everything open. So she was impressed, um, and then I, I realized that <laughs> there was something wrong with my right foot, and I realized my shoe had fallen off. <laughs> I assumed, and you know, on the floor of the car, but I didn't want to like stop there. So we were, we decided we were going to eat at a new restaurant, the Peterborough, down in what was formerly the old Chinatown. And it's a Chinese restaurant. Now Midtown. Uh, Now Midtown uh, on Peterborough, just off off Cass Avenue. So we get to the restaurant and I park. I get out of the car and my shoe is off. And my daughter-in-law said, I'll take care of it, Dad. I'll find it on the floor. It wasn't there. I had been driving around with only one (laughs) shoe, so I had to hop. I think there's
0: a movie, The Man with One Red Shoe. I
1: know. I had to hop into the restaurant.
0: Oh, they were calling me Cinderella
1: funny. at the restaurant. Oh, very
0: cute, very cute. <laughs> they said
1: that, we, that had never ever happened to a customer. <laughs> so I, I ate my, my, uh, you know, my fusion uh, Chinese restaurant food in, with one shoe before we went home. I tried uh, a week later to see if uh, it had been turned in at the Bedrock Centralized Lost and Found. They never found it. They said, we've had stranger things than that, but that's a good one. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> and then just two days later, my son took me uh, down to see uh, the astrophysicist, uh, Neil uh, deGrasse Tyson, or Tyson Neil, deGrasse Tyson, yes, And uh, at the Fox Theater, and it was very entertaining. But we went out to a restaurant down on Fort Street, uh, called the Fort Street Galley that has. Oh yeah, it's like a high-end food court, uh, with you know like real silverware and real you know, um, linen napkins and a uh,
0: huge bar, and then different choices. And you and said that's on Fort Street. Is that east or west of Woodward?
1: It's uh, west of Woodward. West of
0: Woodward. Yeah, just at Fort and
1: Shelby. Oh, yeah. And it's um, right next door to a wonderfully restored uh, Yama, uh, uh, Minoro Yamasaki building, oh. which is very cool. So, um, yeah, and, and we ate at the one that was uh, Filipino, and it was great. The food was wonderful. Can't wait to go out back and try the other ones. Sounds fabulous.
0: I recently had a... Amazing tour of the old train station, the Michigan Central Depot in Corktown that is uh, currently being restored by the Ford Motor Company for their autonomous vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, my niece, uh, Katie Bates, shout out to Katie, um, has organized a sketching club and we will be sketching. At the uh, train station, we'll be doing the outside, um, but they will have um, tables and chairs set up for us. This will be June 22nd from 10.30 uh, a.m. to 1 p.m. If anyone is interested, we will also have um, supplies for anyone who's new to sketching and would like to to learn how to get started with urban sketching. Um, our tour, our hard hat tour, was absolutely fabulous. That There's so much work to be done at that train station, but it is magnificent. That grand hall is unbelievable. I mean, the just the size and scope of it is um, breathtaking. We went to the back area, which is the part of the station where the trains actually came in, and that's also being restored. It's missing a it's copper roof right now unfortunately but they have covered up the terrazzo floor with roofing materials to protect it and we also went through the former restaurant in the train station that is very beautiful it, all arches and columns um very beautiful but once again in terrible shape but uh they plan to open another restaurant In that site in the train station there. It was a wonderful tour. Um, I also recently went to the, um, to the Max, the, uh, where and saw the Detroit Symphony Orchestra, um, a wonderful concert. Uh, it was the Beatles and I could have listened to that music with the orchestra all day long. It was such a wonderful, Concert. I encourage anyone to go to the orchestra, uh, Orchestra Hall. It's right on Woodward in Midtown. Um, I usually get nosebleed tickets. They're around $37, and there is not a better deal to be found in the city. And
1: for, as, as we've oh mentioned my in past podcasts, one of the remarkable things with Orchestra Hall – uh, designed by C. Howard Crane. They who who did all our other oh, yeah movie palaces. Our movie palaces is that it's acoustically perfect. It is perfect. Yeah, so nosebleed tickets are are fine.
0: Yeah, they yeah. are. Oh, you can't get a bad seat. <laughs> yeah, and afterwards we went uh into the city, had lunch at one of the new Shinola hotel restaurants the breakman and we kind of wandered around the gorgeous lobby of the Shinola and we did a little hotel tour the lobbies of the new metropolitan hotel and the siren hotel which yeah. i encourage everyone to go just take a look at they can't, are can't so wait to see that. Yeah. amazing uh those are three hotels in Beautifully restored historic buildings, and I think they've opened the Monarch Roof Garden, haven't they? I think at, they uh, have at the Metropolitan. At the, at the Metropolitan, yes, and I'm anxious to go check yeah. that out. Absolutely, that looks fabulous. Okay, well, I think we're set here for Comeback City. I think this has been a great episode.
1: It has, and like one of the things we've we've mentioned is that, and why we're adding little things at the end about other things we've done in Detroit, is that once you get started. Um, it, you're hooked. You're hooked, and it leads you into other things. Well, if I've seen that, then I've got to check out this. And again, you know, with, with history and with uh, urban culture, there's a lot of cross-pollination. So you're constantly coming across little things that tie into something else. It's kind of a ne- never-ending uh, progression of opening doors. Very exciting.
0: It's a treasure hunt. And yeah. I we encourage everyone— Listening to uh, get downtown, do a little discovering, and check out some of the brand new and wonderful old re- redone things down there. It's amazing, right?
1: You'll see why um, we did, we named this uh, Comeback City.